Hi everyone, I'm your host Nicole and welcome to the Intuition Age, a podcast where we question everything we know to be true. I encourage you to use your intuition and inner knowing to formulate your own conclusions about the world before us. So on today's episode, we're going to be examining the Akashic Records, which is a field of energy that holds pictorial records or memories of all the events, actions, thoughts, and feelings from the past, present, and all the possibilities for our individual and collective futures. We're going to learn how to tap into those quantum waves with our consciousness that allows us to receive this information. So we have a very special guest on this episode, fellow podcast host, quantum leaper, and keeper of the Akashic Records, Shannon Amrine. Hey, Shannon, welcome to the Intuition Age. Hey, Nicole, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on here and talking to you. We're (laughs) excited to have you here. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about what you do? Absolutely. So I am a keeper of the Akashic Records. um, And the reason I use that word is because the energies that I channel in the records who call themselves the pinnacle, they call me a keeper. So um, I also use the word guide. The word reader works as well, but I think it's more of the way I see the energy is more of conveying it to somebody as opposed to reading. So I don't, I don't like to use that term as much. I also do Reiki. I'm a Reiki master that I kind of weave in with my work. I do quantum leaping healing sessions with people where I use the records as well and intuitive healing in general. So what exactly are the Akashic records and what does it mean to really enter into an Akasha dimension? Absolutely. So the Akashic records, the easiest way to explain it is that they're a metaphysical library of all the souls in the world and every dimension where all of the experiences of every soul is stored. So in a more simple term, every soul has our own Akashic record. And in our personal records, we have a a copy or a a history of everything our soul has ever done. Um, The Akashic dimension, there's actually several dimensions where the Akashic records are, are stored. A lot of people read or, or channel from the records in the eighth dimension. The records are also stored in the 11th dimension, which is, it's a little bit um, higher consciousness information. And then the records where they're stored in the, in the highest point, where like the totality of the records are stored is in the 23rd dimension. And this is... Um, I didn't even know there were that many dimensions. <laughs> New information. I've I've just been channeling this for a few months, and I've a kind of I found a few other people who are channeling the same thing, but it's not super mainstream yet. So there, I wouldn't be surprised if there are people who listen and they're like, "Oh, that's not true," but it's because it's it is true. It's just not widely known. <laughs> um, so if I wanted to access all my records, past, present, and possibilities for the future, would I have to go into the 23rd dimension you said or would I be able to access that all from like the eighth from how I see it um you wouldn't be able to access like all of the multi-dimensional possibilities from just the eighth dimension the multi-dimensional past life future life all this stuff like the totality of it all is in the 23rd dimension so 
if you if you want to access like yeah the totality of all possibilities it's stored in this higher place and the reason like we're just now accessing it is because our consciousness as a collective is finally expanded enough for us to be able to access it to that point um so yeah. when you first started were you only able to access the eighth dimension and you kind of just elevated your energies to reach higher dimensions is that how it worked um for me i don't think so when i first started i didn't i didn't know i was accessing the 23rd but the like um the what i've channeled is that i'm one of the people who remembers how to access the 23rd so like basically i've put it together with like since i started accessing the records and realized that i've been doing this for my whole life before i even knew what the akashic records were it's just now i do it much more consciously and there are other people as well. I think if, if you learn how to access the 23rd, like the 23rd dimension, if you're like working to the point of elevating your consciousness enough to get into the 23rd dimension and get in, it's not like it's guarded, it's just like to access <laughs> that dimension. Um, if you started, started trying to read the records when you were already at that point, then you could definitely just enter in there. So I think it's, it's really just our consciousness because it's expanding as a collective. The possibility for people to enter into this dimension is becoming more quickly, is becoming more and more possible. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, that does. Okay, so I know this isn't an episode on dimensions, but what is the 23rd dimension like? It is, so the way that they call it is it's the rainbow realm. So Ooh. the 23rd dimension yeah it's like the amalgamation point of all dimensions so it's like the unity point so the way i see it when i when i experience it is every single thing we know about the universe like you know there's all these things that that kind of seem disparate for example if we talk about different star systems and different consciousnesses it's like we try and group them into these different things right so like, they're all um, united they're on the all 23rd united. oh wow yeah. So in the end, they're all one. It's just as in the lower dimensions, we see them as different things. But yeah. the, that's why it's a rainbow because it's all of the colors that come together. I would honestly, I'd love to access that. But like exactly like you were saying, we're all as a collective, like elevating our frequencies to a point where these dimensions are, I guess, not opening up, but like making themselves possible to the rest of us. Exactly. It's really cool. It's really, really cool to see <laughs> that we're like getting to that point. I love it. So what type of like beings do you see in the 23rd realm? Um, they are, <laughs> they're very like, I mean, they don't, they don't often come to me as beings because they're so, you know, formless. Mm -hmm. um, but when they do, it's very tall, um, very tall, very thin, very like always, I always have this impression of like, if, they, if we think of like hair, like they have very long flowing hair and that's how I see myself as well. Basically, the 23rd dimension is the, it holds what's called the Council of the Pinnacle. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, there's all these different inter, interdimensional councils. Councils, yeah. So, this so is, is that the highest council? It is like, yeah, it's like the Unity Council. Um, so the, the council that kind of brings everybody together. And so the beings who sit there, who I, who I talk with, they, yeah, they're very ethereal. They're very floaty. They're very tall. They're very thin. They're very... Um, kind of transparent or translucent. They said a lot of times that they look like they're wearing like robes, like almost, you know, Harry Potter like. <laughs> so do you find that they put on forms just for you to interact with them? Like, do they usually um, take on forms just for us humans to, I don't know, feel some sort of like interconnectedness with them? Because like just picturing myself talking to some invisible entity there, like it's hard to conceptualize. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely for us to help conceptualize for ourselves that they put on forms because normally, <laughs> um, normally I don't think that they have form. They don't really seem to me like they're in this this form all the time. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's definitely for us. <laughs> okay, so when you're entering into these higher dimensions, is it like entering into like a literal room or like a literal place? Um, sometimes, sometimes I. So like sometimes if I'm intentionally saying I want to talk to the council, the way that I see it happening is, is myself walking into a room and it's, it's like, you know, there's a long table, um, chairs around it, all these beings. So in that sense, sometimes it does feel like it's a literal place um, that has form. Often it feels, well, actually, <laughs> it kind of depends. So sometimes it, it's like this room. Um, sometimes... Is it always the same room? Yeah, it's it's kind of it's very like shadowy, so it's it's not like super solid, you know. So it it um yeah, it's always when I go to see the council themselves, it always looks like the one same room. Okay, but then sometimes I go and access um so (laughs) um the the twenty third dimension is very connected to the stars of the Pleiades. But okay. not the not Pleiadians in the way that we think of, you know, the group yeah, of yeah. Pleiadians. It's the literal stars, the literal seven sisters stars who um, are part of this council. So the Ple- the Pleiades is connected to the, oh, the rainbow realm. Okay. But it, yeah, but it's not like in the Pleiades. Yeah, <laughs> it's just connected. And so in the in this rainbow realm, there's like the the councils where the council sits, and then there's these seven like sub dimensions within uh, sub realms within this dimension and they're for each sister um oh okay so each star within the Pleiades or star system has Mm -hmm. its own yes it has it's like within the 23rd dimension it's just like almost like doorways within the dimension that you go into interesting how do you know which one to go into well I connect very strongly with the third star. Um, so that's what I usually go into. It's just calls to me. Um, and that each of those, those dimensions, those sisters, um, those sister realms, not dimensions, sorry, realms, yeah. <laughs> um, they're, they, they look like the natural world, right? So they're like being in nature. That's how it, it, they show themselves to me and to some of the other, um, other people who I've connected with who channel this as well. So and have you example, been able to see any of the other realms or do you just usually go to the third? I've seen all of them. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. Are they similar so in nature? They are different environments. So the first realm, the first star is, it's like very floral. It's like large plants. It's like, it's like, it's like giant plants, right? Um, like flowers and and um, yeah, lots of big flowers, lots of big plants, kind of tropical-ish. Okay. The second one is more like tundras and plains, so very grassy, very green. The third is is huge mountains and like valleys with lakes in the middle. Um, the fourth is like it's like a tropical rainforest. It kind of makes me think of Hawaii, for example. Oh, okay. Um, the fifth. I'm feeling called to that one. <laughs> yeah, I can actually see that in you, definitely. The fourth. And that's the heart, right? Because they're all connected to our chakras, too. So the fourth is the heart. And oh my God, the fifth. What is the fifth? I can't remember now. <laughs> it's, like, it's okay. Maybe it doesn't want to be known. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that totally is possible. Um, the sixth is water. I think the fifth is forest. 
um, if I'm remembering correctly. The sixth is water and the seventh is desert. Okay, so in all of these realms, are you able to access different types of information, like different records within them? Or do they all carry like the same like frequencies, the same records? They all carry the same, um, more or less the same frequency. They all carry this frequency of the council. It's, but the, the difference between them is that they carry the frequency of the different chakras. So um, I don't really go into those realms to read. It's more like, uh, or to get information. I go into those realms to like rejuvenate myself. <laughs> Oh, okay. That sounds nice. Yeah. So like if I was telling someone or like teaching someone how to to read the records in this way, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, if you want to like rejuvenate your heart chakra, go into this part of it. Um, But that's just how I see it. Of course, I think everyone has different ways they probably read it. But when I'm reading for somebody, I'm, I'm not going into those realms necessarily. Okay, I may need you to debrief my experience the one time I accessed my own records. Basically, now that you talked about the realms, I was in like a deep meditative state. And I just remember initially seeing kind of like valleys and mountains. So it makes me think of the third realm like you were talking about. And I remember I was greeted by this kind of like lion being. Yeah. I don't know if they're from like Zalira star system. I don't I don't know. It was like my first time interacting with it. But yeah, it was like this beautiful lion being like gorgeous mane. And then it kind of like brought me through like the mountains and the valleys. And we ended up in like, I don't know, it was a building, but it was kind of like a transparent, like translucent glass building. Yeah. And within it, it looked like all books kind of like just stacked from like the ground all the way up to the ceiling. And I don't think those were actually mine. That might've been just like the collective records, but just like in the middle on a stand was like a book that was open that showed me details into like my last past life. But that was Mm -hmm. all I was able to access. But that's what I remember. So I'm like wondering, was I in the third realm as well? Like what chakra did that relate to? The third. The the third is is the solar plexus. So, you know, identity, personal power. Um, Oh, interesting. But then also who was this like being that guided me? Maybe like a spirit guide or... Yeah, I'm feeling spirit guide. Like that's that's such a cool, cool experience. I'm definitely feeling spirit guide. Well, that was um, it, and then I never accessed it again. <laughs> well, for example, like with the beings, like when I go in, sometimes, um, not all the times, but sometimes the beings that come to me are like these almost like hippogriff like creatures. Like they're so oh, cool, yeah. And they like you know, put me on their back and like just take you away. Yeah. <laughs> So um, definitely a guide of some sort. <laughs> the oh, amazing. Yeah, it was very like mythical in nature. I've definitely never seen that on earth before, but I wasn't like scared I, or intimidated by it. It just like guided me to this like glass little palace. I can like, I like can like see it. Like that's so interesting. I, it definitely sounds like they could have been like potentially taking you in some way, like via part of the third, um, the third star because of the mountains and the valleys and everything. Yeah, that's why when you mentioned the realms, I was like, I experienced that before. <laughs> like, I wonder if it's the same one. <laughs> so I'm wondering, when you go to the records or if anyone tries to access them, are there beings that are kind of guarding them, like restricting your access? So my answer is no. I have heard other people say yes. Um, and I have also read people saying yes. So the reason I say no is because the way I read the records is super like, uh, this is how the, this is how like the pinnacle channels it to me, very new paradigm um, because we're entering right into this new age. 
And the idea of there needing to be beings to guard us from things is a um, very old paradigm. It's the very, there's, and there, that's how people used to read the records and lots of people still do. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not how it, it works for me. Like I don't see beings guarding, but like also the reason I think that there have been beings guarding for, you know, so many people who read the records in the past is because, um, there is like a lot of integrity you have to have if you're going to read somebody else's records. And so the idea of the beings, I think, is to tell people, you know, or to remind people you can't read someone's records without their permission. And so if there's beings there, it's kind of like this idea of, okay, someone's going to stop me from doing it, you know? Um, but that's how I see it. So let's touch on that <laughs> too, just accessing other people's records. So when you're going in, is it usually to access your own or have you, like you obviously have accessed records for other people, right? And how is yeah. like the process then different between you accessing your own and then you accessing for others? Absolutely. So when I access my own, which is what I do probably 75% of the time, I it's super fast. Like I don't, I'm so connected to it at this point that I... Sometimes I sit down and like close my eyes and I'll say my little like intention prayer to enter um, if I feel like I need that. But sometimes I'll literally just be like walking down the street and I'll realize that like they need to talk to me. And so I'm just like, okay, let me in. And I'll just start like talking to my phone. Um, so for myself, it's a very, very fast process. For somebody else, when I'm reading someone's records, we get on a, you know, face-to-face like a video call and I, we, we do a meditation together to start feeling into so I can feel into their energy and then I I go through a process where I I say a prayer I call in um, archangels to support I call in you know guides and everything just to keep it very very um, very sacred very what's the word I'm looking for it just I just I'll just leave it sacred very sacred safe uh, yeah and safe yeah also safe for myself because I you don't know what you're accessing yeah yeah, like they could be great in this lifetime. You don't know who they were or what possibilities they may be. So exactly. So I also have like crystals too. I always have like a selenite at my feet, and um, so it's it's more involved if I'm accessing someone else's records, and it has to be you know they have to give me verbal permission. I really prefer like a verbal. If it can't be verbal, like sometimes I'll do a recording for somebody. It has to be like written. Then I need that confirmation. I need that like you are you are, have my permission to access my records because I mean it's our whole life. It's our whole all of our lives we've ever had. So it's really personal. Really important. Yeah, it's really personal. Yeah. Super so personal. I'm wondering. Obviously, people could give you like written permission or just like verbal permission for you to access their records. But what if they're actually not ready to know what's in the records? So do you ever go in and it's like you're not given any information about them? Definitely. Um, Not that I don't get any information at all, but the way it works and this is, you know, you can kind of compare this to any kind of emotional or psychological healing really is like we can't access, like say we have something super traumatic happen in this life. Like we're not going to be able to access it until we've gotten to the point where we're ready to handle it. So same thing with the accessing the records, um, the pinnacle, like will not show me someone's records to a point where they cannot receive the information. So the, the information I'll channel for them is only to what they can receive. So I have had a couple of times where the person was really not ready to hear a lot of things. So it was much more like foggy and cloudy. Um, and the information was much more basic, not as, cause sometimes it can be really intense. And then some, sometimes it's just lower level, I guess, just a little 
a little mm-hmm. easier. So it depends so on the person. You talked about usually when you access someone else's records, and I guess like when you started to, you would use like a pathway prayer to enter into the records. Can we discuss what that is? Yes. So the pathway prayer is the name for a prayer that was channeled by Linda Howe, who is, um, I don't even know how many years ago, like quite a while ago. And she's yeah. still pretty famous for, the, for what she does with the records. And that's the prayer I started with. At this point, I no longer use it. The wording doesn't resonate with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that prayer actually, um, for most people, like when I was using it, I know I was still connecting into the rainbow realm to the 23rd because I was being told that. But for most people, um, the pathway prayer is, is more like a prayer to the eighth, maybe 11th dimension. Like it's, it's just the resonance with it isn't mm-hmm. high enough. So I have channeled my own prayer. Um, that I use um, and that I I teach to people. I, I teach I teach or really guide people into learning how to use the record. So anyone I work with, I give them the prayer that I've channeled um, because it's just it's shorter, it's um, more to the point. It's not as like the pathway prayer is great, but it's just a little more like re- like almost <laughs> regimented is the word that's coming to mind. So, like it's just yeah. a little bit more arrow to me so that was like a good point that you made that you found that the pathway prayer only really brought you to like the eighth dimension when you were accessing uh is i don't know there's like a lot of obvious like information on the internet and stuff about like tapping into like past lives and like going into like deep meditative states and like a lot of like frequencies and sound healing should we be weary if we're trying to access our records and we're using just like information from the internet like i don't know maybe like another form of a pathway prayer when trying to access our records? Cause like, what if, I don't know, some sort of prayer opens up like a lower dimension or a realm of like negativity and low vibrations that could like leech mm-hmm. onto us in this three dimensional realm? Um, that's actually a great question. I've never really thought of that before, but um, you know, my, my, my reaction to that or my not even reaction, just like my feeling about that is that any time that we're trying to access our records, we should be doing it in the most um, sacred way possible. Like, right. So especially if we're just, if, if someone is just learning how to do it, it really should be, you know, you're sitting down, you're, you're being very intentional. You have protective crystals. You're doing like the protective energy techniques um, that, that call to you that work for you. Um, And that if you try and use a prayer, that someone has channeled, um, you really are feeling into your gut response and your body. Is this right or not? Um, and you know, going in with the intention, I think intention is everything. So every time I open for somebody else, I'm like, I only the most divine and loving energies come. I only want the most divine and loving energies to come through. So I think if we're doing that, um, we can, if, if there was a prayer that wasn't as, as good or as high vibrational, if we were really, if we're really being careful about our energy hygiene, I don't, I don't think that's a, a huge worry um, in my experience. Uh, so just on that then, do you think anyone should be trying to access their records right now? Or do we like should we be weary of our own frequencies and our energetic health before we actually try to go into these different dimensions? Um, I do think that we really should be wary of our of our own energetic health. I mean, I think if we're not prepared, well, the thing is, if we're not prepared, like we can access, like if, if you just hear of like energy work for the first time today and like you hear of the Akashic records and you're like, I'm going to look up the pathway prayer, go in, like you can try, 
but the likelihood is that you're not going to get in. <laughs> like if you're not, if you haven't done anything, if you're, if you're like firmly in the 3d, right. Um, the likelihood that you're going to get in is really not that high. So <laughs> that, I mean, that would, that's kind of how I have understood it is we all can do it. We all have the ability to, but if we haven't gotten to the point where we're energetically ready to, we, we won't get in. And then on the other hand, what if you're someone who wants to get a reading done by someone else? How weary should you be of someone reading your own records? Because I know like when I first tapped into mine right away, like my Reiki master at the time was like, you can't let anyone else read your records. Like that's dangerous, whatever, whatever. So is it dangerous to have a stranger read your records or is it totally safe? Um, I would say that's old paradigm. It's totally safe there. I mean, there's so many people who do it. Um, but I, so think, why do you think that came about? My guess would be that like people have, I mean, there's always people who aren't working in the highest energetic, um, frequency. So, um, if you like, not everyone's energy is energy signature is going to match with us. So if you have someone read your records who isn't quite the right energetic match, then that might create a feeling of, you know, dissonance in your records. Um, but so, that, well, I would say that's why if you like, if you want to get a reading with somebody, you should, you know, take a look at what they do. You should take a look at their website. You should take mm-hmm. a look at their social media and see if they're, like they're you resonate with them too. Yeah. Yeah. I also do think that there's been like, there's a lot of fear and a lot of this, like and a lot of these energy and, and like dimensional soul-based practices, like there's this fear of, you know, like witch, witches is like this, uh, being a witch is like this awful idea. It's been an awful idea for so long because of different like religious practices and such. Um, and just the way people in history viewed did any of this kind of work. So I do think there's a portion of that as well that plays into the idea that it's dangerous to let people do something like this. I asked just because I feel like spirituality is becoming like fairly mainstream right now. And like, there's a lot of like hyper positivity and like spiritual bypassing happening. And I know as like intuitive beings, like I'm like easily able to like filter that out. But I know like I have like a lot of friends, for example, they're kind of like new to tapping into their intuition and they lead a lot with like their heart and their mind. So like they see someone and they can't recognize when someone's like spiritual bypassing or if their intentions aren't necessarily like sincere. So like, I guess like you said, just kind of be like weary and like see if you vibe energetically with the person who's doing any type of spiritual work for you. But it's just like something like you said, like it's so personal, like our soul's whole record like our soul's whole journey is like within these records so yeah like it is scary just letting a stranger go in and know everything about you well the thing is that um someone can't uh, i i don't think that someone can go in and i i have an experience that someone can go in and literally know everything about you because it really is like the way the records work is like when someone goes in for you or when you go in for yourself you're only getting the information that you need to know on that day so like if I was going to open your records right now, for example, like what I would channel for you would be what is necessary for you to know at this point in your life um, based on your past lives, based on your other dimensional realities or your future lives or future possibilities or anything. But I wouldn't be able to go in and just say, show me everything. I mean, I can't even do that for myself because there are things that I'm not ready to see yet. So I could be like, show me this and they'll be like, you're not no. ready. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> so there is for someone who's like worried like cuz what you say is super valid know that someone can't just go in and, and know all of that immediately from you it's 
Mm-hmm. The energy only works in, in what you're ready to hear for yourself. Because I think there is a fear there, just like the unknown. And especially like it is fearful having someone else know your unknown before you do. So like having someone access your records and come back and be like, by the way, this is what I found out about you. And like, you don't even know that part of yourself. Yes. And I, I, I believe that what someone can access in your records, any unknown is an, is it might be consciously unknown, but unconsciously you already know it. You were, yeah. <laughs> it's like so an active from, from your end, when you're accessing records, obviously like you protect yourself before you go in, but like, are there any dangers? Like say I wanted to access someone else's and I just didn't protect myself properly. And maybe I tap into like a lifetime where they were maybe a lower vibrational being. Are there any dangers for me coming back into like my 3D reality right now? I mean, I guess there's always a possibility you could bring back an entity with you or something. Um, but if you've really um, protected yourself well, that shouldn't happen. What has happened to me is maybe twice I've accessed someone's records and done some past life work with them within the records. And, you know, they've had uh, past lives often, like we can feel it in our body somewhere. So a pain or a discomfort in your body, that's especially if it's chronic. Um, or long lasting is probably related to a past life. And so I've done a couple of times with people work based on that and felt it. I feel it very strongly in my body when I'm doing past life work with somebody and it's related to their body. And that's how I help them clear it is I feel it in my body. And so that's has, I have to have a lot of really strong boundaries for that. And I've gotten better at that. But when I first started doing it, there were a couple of times where I finished a session, closed off. And I was like, oh no, I still feel this. And so I had to then go through and do my own like deep clearing because I was feeling I'd partly, partially taken on their energy. So that's the biggest danger I see is accidentally accessing as you're accessing somebody else's past life, taking on some of that energy that they're feeling in their body. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I guess, yeah, like it obviously there is that possibility there, but exactly like you said, like protect yourself beforehand like do that training practice before you go in and start accessing I don't know like different past lifetimes that may be like lower vibrational I like with any type of like spiritual work to like any type of channeling there is that possibility that something low vibrational might reach onto you and come back with you so like I don't know I think we all know that's a possibility you just have to like know you just have to go in acknowledging that that may happen. Right. And that's where it's so important to have the tools to know how to, um, how to re- like release that. And there's so many, like, you know, you can just learn that for free. Like you read, or, you know, very cheap. You can read a book. But there are people who have done so many things about how you can protect yourself from that, that happening. So because when we uh, access the records, you could like see a path, like a lot of past lives. I'm wondering what's the difference then between like past life regression versus accessing your records? Yes. I love this question. I actually had to spend some time like um, talking about this <laughs> with uh, a couple of people to have a good answer for you because they are, they're complementary, uh, past life regression and uh, records reading, but they're not, um, they're, they're not like, you know, one or the other. Um, so a past life regression is a hypnosis. So like you're actually reliving the past life. You're seeing it. It takes a lot longer. Um, and it can act as a healing in ways if you're, you know, accessing in your subconscious mind things that you need to, to know. But 
it's a hypnosis. So that's really the big difference. And you're, it's like being in the movie, whereas an Akashic Records reading is like you're watching the movie. Somebody's accessing it for you and telling you what they're seeing. Um, I have clients who sometimes they're seeing what, like glimpses of what I'm seeing, but I'm the one who's really you know, seeing it for them. So they're, it's like watching it, but not being in it. It's a lot faster to do a reading um, because you're not going into the hypnosis state. You're not reliving it. Um, a past life regression might be more detailed for some lives because you are going through and reliving it. So you're going to feel it very viscerally. Um, so I, yeah, I'd say they're complementary. Like there's things you get from both. The Akashic Records is more, I think the biggest difference would be that the Akashic Records, you're remembering the past life, you're getting the healing from it, you're, you're hearing about it. But the reason it comes through is because then a message is going to come through with it about, okay, here's where you take from this. Here's what you do with it. Whereas a past life regression is a bit more like you're just seeing it and you're taking, you're taking that, that seeing and remembering and integrating it. So if someone had past life trauma that they're still carrying today, what treatment then would you recommend? Would it be beneficial to access the records first to kind of pinpoint what happened and like where the trauma is occurring and then relive it and try to heal from that? Um, Or do you find that maybe just like one is effective enough? I think one can be effective enough. It probably depends on how deep seated that trauma is. Um, Yeah, I think if it's really deep trauma, um, like say you have a records reading and there's some really deep trauma that comes up and you still feel that you need more healing than a past life regression would be a great way to do that. Um, Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's really individual. I think if it, but I do think if it's really deep, having somebody like go in and see it for you first can make it, would probably make it easier than to go into a regression and be in that hypnotic state and like see it happening to you. Okay, so this hypnotic state for past life regressions, do you enter into that too when you're accessing the records or do you just like meditate on it? Like, do you need to be in an altered state of consciousness to access the records, especially like initially when you're starting out? Yes, initially um, being in a really meditative state is super helpful. Um, It just makes it easier if our brainwaves are, you know, (laughs) are calmer to enter into a different dimension. Um, as you get more used to it, and I have seen other people who access the records say this, like as they get more used to it, they don't need as much time in an altered state. Um, so yes, altered state helps. Meditation helps. Hypnosis, I've never, um, I've never, like, can't, I can't, I never put myself into hypnosis to try and go in. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think if you'd went, tried to go in through hypnosis, that would be really interesting, but not necessary. <laughs> Okay, so I do want to ask, because I'm really into parallel universes. So Nicole in this parallel universe, is she experiencing the same? Like she's obviously experiencing slightly different experiences than Nicole and like the next, the next, the next. But I'm just wondering, are all of our records the same or do we have different records, even though we're technically the same person, just in different parallel universes? So I would say you all have the same. And when we talk what? about <laughs> multidimensionality, right? Like the fact that our soul can exist in multiple places at once. Then when we tap into our records, like of past life that you might see in your records could be from a different dimension. Um, like that's possible. That's definitely possible. Um, so someone like your soul existing in, in another dimension would have the same records as you, but what they're like, if they accessed your soul in a different body access to your records in a different dimension and you did it you did as well 
the information, the messages you would probably receive that were pertinent to you at the time would likely be different because you are existing in those different realities. So you would receive different parts of your past, past, future, multidimensional experiences that you needed to know or remember. That's, that's how I see it. Yeah, because <laughs> I know I too, like I feel my soul sometimes like jump realities. Like I know when I jump a reality, I swear I have like Mandela effect every single day. So mm-hmm. it's like that would make sense that in the 23rd dimension, like everything is just interconnected over there. And if I am constantly jumping to parallel versions of myself, like at the end, it's all going to kind of be the same experience. And well, and it will go into your record as like all these different small, like all mm-hmm. these different experiences. Like but, slightly different alterations. Exactly. But then someone who like, you know, if someone was talking to you from the lens of they just have been reading the records in like the eighth dimension, for example, they would likely say to you like, oh, you can't access other dimensions um, because that's the old paradigm idea is that the records are only for your life on earth not even for your life on other planets like let alone on other dimensions so um, that makes no sense though if it's a right? soul like compilation of just like the soul's journey why wouldn't it include lifetimes outside of earth exactly no i'm with you i don't i don't really understand how that makes sense to people because it doesn't make sense to me i'm like i see so much of like other places <laughs> Yeah. So I'm wondering, how do you know, it's like you're accessing the records and you channel in information. How do you know that that's actually being channeled as like real information? Like, is it accurate? Or like, how about if your mind is just kind of like playing games on you and you're just like making stuff up? Yeah, I've definitely like had that thought before, especially accessing my own records, because, um, you know, when you're accessing your own stuff, you're like, you know, all your stuff, right? You know, all your stuff that you're doing right now. Um, a telltale way for me that I trust, well, the biggest thing I get is like every time I ask my guides, they're just like, they almost like laugh at me. They're like, just trust us. Like, you know, you know that you're doing this, you know, like we tell you what to do and you follow it. So like, you know that you're accessing us. Um, I also, when I'm in that state of channeling, my body like moves and sways back and forth. My voice changes a little bit. Um, I use words that I wouldn't always use. Um, and then if I'm reading for somebody else, the biggest like marker for me is if I pause, because I, I will pause um, at different intervals and just say, okay, how is this feeling for you? Is it resonating? And if it's resonating, then, then that's the biggest like marker I need to say, okay, so this information is, you know, my human mind um, sometimes might go, oh God, is this real? But, um, it is. And and also like, I forget a lot of it too. If I'm channeling, I record myself. And like, if I'm doing a session with somebody, I record it because otherwise if they have a question or for example, I'm like, oh no, I don't remember. (laughs) I know what you mean though. Cause whenever I try to do like readings on myself and try to channel information, it's like, sometimes it's like too good to be true. Like I get information about past lives where I'm like, you know, like, was I that person? Like, it's just like really good information. And I'm like, okay, like, am I making this up? Is this what I want to hear? Or is that actually like what happened? Yeah. But like, definitely. yeah, I think again, just like taking a step back and being like, okay, like I like to like when I do tarot readings, for example, I'm like, let me pull a few more cards just to make sure that this is the truth. And I'm like not channeling different frequencies or just like channeling what I want to hear consciously. 
Exactly. I do the same thing. I'll just be like, Hey, can you give me more information? If I'm like feeling like the information is not enough for me to fully trust it. If I'm having doubts, I'm like, okay, just give me more information, please explain further. And that, that always helps. So I'm curious about new souls. Say this is their first lifetime here on earth. Have you ever accessed the records of someone who is a new soul? And like, what do you see? And like, I know like the future, there's obviously possibilities for their soul journey there, but like they already know what they've experienced in this lifetime. Like what's the point of them even trying to access their records? Yeah. So this is super interesting. Um, and basically what, what I see and, and have heard and understand and understood when I've like, you know, ask this to my guys as well is that if someone's on their first life on earth you know the di- there's like the new soul, there's like a young soul and an old soul right we have like those different you know so we call someone your old soul and those are usually people who you know are like us like it tapped into intuition tapped into spirituality and then a young soul um on their first lifetime or on their first couple few you know five ten lifetimes even um 50 lifetimes, you know, like that's still pretty young. Um, they're not as tapped in. There's, there's a great, <laughs> there's a, a couple of great books by um, a psychic called Ainsley McLeod. And I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he writes about the souls. And um, I read his books and he writes, he writes about young souls versus old souls. And he read his books and I was like, oh my God, this is literally exactly like everything that I understand. Like he's put it into perfect words. Essentially a young soul, if someone was on their first human life, the likelihood that they would even ever hear the word Akash, this phrase Akashic Records is so low. Like they would never, they're not, they wouldn't be at a point where they'd even like speak it out, let alone likely be in a life situation where they would hear it. Um, so I don't really, I've never read anyone who's young. Everyone who comes to me is an old soul, like hundred percent. A young soul, like if for some reason they came to someone for a reading, really it would, it would have to, like anything they would get would be from other dimensions or other planets, other, other realities. Um, so do you believe yeah. that we're all star seeds? Like if, even if this is like our first incarnation here on earth, do you believe that we've all had like lifetimes? In other dimensions or different planets or galaxies? Um, I believe we've all had lifetimes in other dimensions. Um, this is hard because... Um, I don't know. I, I have... meet some people that are just so... Like, they're great people, but they're just so three-dimensional and so, like, so unconscious. Earth. Like, so Earth. <laughs> I love this Earth, yeah. but, like, exactly what you said, just so Earth. And I'm like, I, I can't ever see them being, like, galactic or having any of those roots. So, like, is it possible yeah. that some people on this Earth literally... Have only been on this earth? I have channeled the yes. So I would say yes. I think there are people who have only ever been on this earth, like they're earth seeds. <laughs> like this is their, and those are the people who are super grounded, like super in the sense that they're not interested in anything like this. You know, they're, they're more unconscious. Um, what, oh, this is kind of challenging to me right now. Like so if someone was born on the earth and they're like, like earth seed, like this is their, their primary planet, um, then of course, like if they're unconscious to all this stuff and they're going to be a young soul. But someone, of course, there can be earth seeds who are conscious and aware of all this stuff too. But what would happen to help that become a reality would be that likely between lives, like they would live lives on earth 
And then they would, in between incarnations, like go live on other planets to open their minds up. Because if you're if you're an Earthy, just like if you were a Pleiadian star seed and you never left the Pleiades, like well, of course you'd be unconscious to the rest of the universe. So this is just kind of came to me right now that that would be the same thing that would happen with an Earth seed to be conscious. That's really interesting, though, because like I've had my birth chart read, and I obviously have channeled some spirit guides that aren't from Earth, <laughs> just from like past lifetimes. And, like different galaxies and planets but what's interesting like what you just said how these earth seeds once they reach a point where like their consciousness has evolved where they're able to enter into these higher dimensions and live those different realities then how come some of us go like from the opposite like where we enter first into these higher dimensional experiences and then now we revert back to something so three-dimensional yeah i mean this is such a complicated discussion right <laughs> i do um resonate with the idea that every soul at the very conception point comes from like the universe so even someone who like someone whose soul incarnated on earth as their first incarnation ever they still are from the universe they are still you know stardust in some way it's just that they're very tied to the earth this is their first incarnation and the reason all of us come to earth is that we're here to learn right so um for those of us who may have spent a lot of lifetimes in uh, on other planets um the concept of like this the traditional star seed that most people talk about i see that as like the the soul that spent a lot of time on other planets has come to earth both to learn and to help teach so that's i don't i hope that answers the question i think hope that kind of answers your question i think that's the difference no it does and just on that though so okay our first incarnation is that when our soul is given its like ultimate purpose that's going to span throughout lifetimes or like, do we have multiple purposes per lifetime? Like, how does that work? Because, like, if I was originally, like, okay, I, I know I'm a star seed, but yeah, I was like, my first incarnation was on a planet that was obviously higher dimensional than Earth. So, was my purpose then originally, I'm talking like generically, this is obviously going to yeah. be relevant to so many people, but was my purpose then always that one day I'd be incarnated here on Earth and share what I learned from those past higher dimensional lifetimes with others now? Like, do we just have like one purpose that follows us throughout all these lifetimes? That's such a great question. Oh my God. You're <laughs> expanding these ways of, of like questions for me to, to, to think about. Um, purpose, I think our purpose in some in ways changes with every lifetime. I don't, and of course this is like everyone, everyone is going to come at this differently, but the way that I see and understand it is that our purpose is individual in each lifetime, but is informed by our past by our past lifetimes. Whereas our gifts are gifts that we like learn from the get-go and we continue to learn them and to work on them throughout all of our lifetimes. So we're we're likely working on the same range of gifts for most of our incarnation and adding things in, you know, but like a almost like the path is very similar, I think, for most of us. Um, and there are there are iterations and deviations in all of our lives. Um, but there's similar paths, but the purpose for every life is different. Like a purpose, um, like a pur like a purpose for our lives when we first incarnated on a higher dimensional reality. Like that seems to me, and, and the understanding that I have that it would be different than our purpose now being on Earth. Because, like, do we know that we're gonna ever incarnate incarnate on Earth if we're a star seed who's incarnated for the first time in a different star system? Probably not, right? Like our first incarnation ever, we probably wouldn't think, well, we're going to go to other places. So 
I think. But how about like our soul initially before we're even in our first incarnation? Mm. Like, are we just given like a whole book of like, okay, these are the lifetimes you're going to live. And here's like the ultimate purpose that you're going to achieve throughout each lifetime. Yeah, that's such a great question. I, I have to say, honestly, I can, I can guess, I can give you my best feelings, but I don't, I don't have a, a one answer to that. I think everyone has the same ultimate purpose in that sense and that, um, are all, all of us have the ultimate purpose of being awakened and ascending and learning everything we can about being in a physical form, no matter where that is. Um, especially when it comes to earth. I mean, the whole, all of us have the same purpose on earth at the very, very root of it, or all of us have the same purpose of, of learning to be a human and um, basically going from a human back up to <laughs> higher consciousness. And do you think that's ultimately what happens? Like once we're done these human lifetimes, we're going to revert back to like our higher conscious self? Yes, I do. I do think that ultimately, like I know that I, um, my soul actually sits on this council of the pinnacle that we were talking about earlier. So I know that when I'm done being a human, I will eventually go back and sit on that council. I like got this message. So I'm just, I just want to share this. The, um, they're saying to me, like, of course, of course we have different purposes. It would be so, it would be so boring if we all had the same purpose in every lifetime. You wouldn't learn anything. Like you're here to learn so many different things. So of course you have different purposes, but you have similar outcomes and you have an outcome you're, you're working towards, which of course is this outcome of enlightenment. It's this outcome of, of ascending and of, of understanding what it's to be a human and understanding how to fit into the universe and into the galaxy in all of these different ways that you, places you've lived and ways you live. So you have these, this one goal, but you have different purposes because you have to learn everything. So if you just come and you learn with the same purpose to be a musician, then you're not learning what everything else is in life. Yeah, that's the boring, imagine. <laughs> that's the boring, Doing yeah. the same thing every single lifetime. Exactly. I feel like though for us, originally higher dimensional beings it's definitely hard to accept that like our main purpose here on earth now is to live a very human bodily three-dimensional experience like I always find myself being like okay like I'm, I'm bored of earth life like I want to mm-hmm. elevate myself like I want to reach higher like levels of consciousness now like I want to go back to experiencing that right I think that's and I feel the same I like so similar um that's the whole like learning. I think our purpose is to learn how to do that on earth, like learn how to get to those higher dimensions while we're on earth. <laughs> and that um, of course goes back into the whole idea that we were talking about of the um, what happens when we're, when we're done, like when, when we're finally done on earth. And um, like for myself, for example, I know that uh, my soul is actually part of this council of the pinnacle. So what I, when I'm finally done on earth, I will go back and sit on that council. So I'll just say that we all go, I'll just <laughs> say that I think what, we ha- what happens for us is that we eventually go back to being guides for other people. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. So when we are done on earth, what will end up happening based on what I understand and have seen is that we'll um, get to go back up to these higher dimensions and be, be guides for people like the guides that we all have now. So do you ever see, because I know like you're able to see people's possibilities of future realities when you access their personal records, but what if this is someone's like last lifetime on earth or like last lifetime, like ultimately, have you ever experienced that? I haven't yet. No, I'm super curious. I don't know if we can tell, like, I don't have a, 
an answer for you about that yet. I'm really curious to see if that happens at some point, but I also don't know if we can tell if it's someone's last lifetime because like, I think we can feel like this might be your last lifetime, but what if we, what if that person, like, what if that person gets killed and uh, like suddenly and they don't get to finish what they're supposed to do. So I think it's like the possibility, well, it's possibilities, of course, we're talking about. So the, it's the possibility it's your last lifetime, but who knows? And then is that it? Like, do you souls just cease to exist at some point? Or will they always just be like an essence that's there and that was, and that's still living the past lifetimes? Like, I feel like time isn't linear. I feel like our past, present, and future is all just like existing right now mm-hmm. at the same time. So I don't, like, is that it? Like, do we... Like, does our soul just evaporate and then we're gone forever? Or does it get, like, reincarnated in, like, a cycle where we do this again and again and again? Like, do you know? Um, I don't know if we get reincarnated into another cycle of doing this again. I don't think that we just evaporate. Because, like you said, time and space don't actually exist. Like, we just talk about it this way so that we understand it in our human brain. I, I really think that what happens is eventually we just go on to be these guides and, like, when you get to a point where you can be a guide, it's because you've done the cycle of reincarnation so many times that you don't need to do it again. And now you can help people get through it. So does that mean all my spirit guides are just done living other lifetimes? No. Um, <laughs> this is so complicated. <laughs> um when you talk to your spirit guide, a really great way that I've started to like try and figure this out with mine is, you know, ask them about themselves. So for example, one of my guides is my grandfather. And I know for a fact, because I've channeled this so many times, um, that I'm the oldest soul in my ancestral lineage. So there's no way he's done because I'm not done. <laughs> so he's my guide for now until, you know, whenever he decides to reincarnate. And a lot of us have guides like that. Like a lot of people have guides who are um, ancestors. And so they're, they're like lower, they're like the guides who are in a higher dimension above us. Like they might be in the fourth or fifth dimension, but they're not in like the 23rd dimension or they're not in the 11th dimension, you know? Um, and then our guides that are. So can you only more... be a guide if you're not currently living a lifetime? So does that mean past so. life me who possibly was a guide for other people is no longer their guide because I'm incarnated here? I don't think it's that simple because our souls can exist in so many different realities. So I think that would be the easiest would be yes, that, that's what it means. But I don't think it's that simple. I think um, we're all constantly, we're all constantly, our soul is constantly being you know, a, a more human like guide for people. And then, and you can kind of feel the difference if you really, you know, learn to and lean into it between the guys that you channel, um, that you talk to, because there's a difference between you're talking to a guide that is still human or still my reincarnate as human and a guide that's done. Yeah. <laughs> that's super interesting. Okay, so while we get ready to wrap, like I've loved the conversation we've had. So like enlightening and elevating. But I'm just wondering, do you think people should even be accessing their Akashic records? Or is there a purpose to it? Or do you think we could just go live our lives without actually knowing the essence of ourselves? I believe that it's one of the best things we can do, especially if we're on a uh, a path to elevate our consciousness, if that is part of our purpose in this lifetime, then the Akashic records are, they're, they're also just activating. I mean, just every time you go into the records, 
is an activation or every time any anytime someone reads your records is an activation as well so i believe that they are worth it to enter i believe it's important um i think knowing our quote-unquote past self you know our, our self in other realities is how we understand our future our current self and um what we're dealing with because it's also related our soul i mean our soul is existing in so many different places so our soul like is having so many different experiences and so knowing those experiences that our soul has had or is having like we're still feeling that in our body in some way even if we're not aware of it so accessing our records helps us understand where things are coming from so if you are on a life path or purpose where this is important for you to know like if you're interested if you've listened to this and you're interested in this then it's probably like the records would probably be very very helpful for you when you feel called because you won't feel called immediately necessarily um i heard about the records for the first time like four years ago and i was like that's crazy talk and now i'm like that's this has changed my life <laughs> It's just like exactly what you said. I think that's such an important like note. It's just like when we're ready and like willing to be receptive to the information, that's when it comes about. That's when you're introduced to it. And like it happens like progressively, I find like when I first learned about the records as well, it's probably like four years ago too. And I was only able to access like my last, last time, like my last human lifetime. So it's, again, like you were saying, like when we're ready and receptive and willing to get this information channeled to us, that's when it's going to start opening up. And I find too, like sometimes my soul will just like channel a word to me or something. It's like Google this. And I do, I'm like, holy crap, like it's so relevant and pertains so much to like how I'm living right now. And it's like, you just know, you just like trust the information that's coming to you. And if you're being presented with it, there's a reason why you are. Absolutely. Totally, totally agree. (laughs) So is there anything else we should know about the records that we haven't discussed? Oh my goodness. I feel like we've been done such a deep dive. (laughs) I'd say just to sum up, don't be scared of your records. Don't be scared of accessing them or um, having somebody access them for you as long as you feel resonating as long as you feel resonance with it because you'll only receive what you're ready to receive and it's a really great tool for understanding yourself and your life and your purpose and it's also a really great tool for healing that's how i use it um i use them the most for people when i'm working with them is for healing to find the past life cause or multidimensional cause of something so that we can heal it at its root so that it's it's really a wonderful tool to connect and to help yourself um, continue to evolve and awaken in this life. That's amazing. And of course, I have all your information in the show notes. So if everyone is hearing this and ready and willing and receptive and wanting to access their records, of course, I know you're open and willing to help them out. So I have all your information down below. And they could definitely contact you if they want that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Shannon, it was so lovely talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a fun conversation. It was. I hope we could do some more soon. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.